0: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Election influence ops begin in Germany. Turla's Spore is tracked to the Pacifier APT. Cambodia takes an authoritarian turn, possibly extending to domestic spying via RAT. Rival jihadists remain active online. U.S. Cyber Command is working to deny them cyberspace safe havens. There are more exposed AWS S3 databases. MongoDB databases are hit with a ransom wiper. Princess Locker and Locky ransomware continue to romp in the wild. A free RAT backdoors criminals. And a disgruntled customer doxes a booter service. Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your Cyberwire summary for Monday, September 5th, 2017. German authorities have long been concerned about the security of the federal elections scheduled for September 24th and have sought to increase cyber readiness appropriately. Election related cyber operations appear to have begun. Julia Kluckner, leader of Chancellor Angela Merkel's Christian Democratic Union, says the political party's website was hit with 3,000 attacks yesterday. The kind of attack was unspecified. It's not yet publicly known whether they were probes, DDoS, or what have you. But Kluckner says they originated from a large number of Russian IP addresses. That's circumstantial evidence of Russian involvement, of course, but Russian attempts to erode confidence in German elections and the country's political system as a whole have long been expected. German security services have been preparing for such an eventuality over the past year. With the elections less than three weeks away, influence operations will bear watching. Polls continue to give Chancellor Merkel's party a comfortable lead over its Social Democrat rivals. More research exposes other activities attributed to Russian intelligence services. Last week, the Bratislava-headquartered security firm ESET described renewed Turla activity. On Friday, researchers at the cybersecurity company Bitdefender connected the pacifier APT to the Turla Group. Bitdefender has been tracking pacifier since 2016 and says the advanced persistent threat had been active since 2014 at least. Its dropping of multi-stage backdoors is consistent with other reports of activity by Turla. Cambodia's government has been taking an increasingly authoritarian turn with respect to political discourse recently. Prime Minister Hun Sen on Sunday ordered the shuttering of the country's major opposition newspaper, the Cambodia Daily. The government had earlier closed some 15 radio stations broadcasting the Voice of America and Radio Free Asia. In a development that may be related to tighter censorship, a wave of KH remote-access Trojan infections is moving across Cambodia's networks. KH rat is not apparently criminal in motivation the way most similar rats are. Instead, it appears designed to establish surveillance over domestic political opposition. Researchers at Palo Alto Network's Unit 42 report that this particular campaign first surfaced in June of this year. The most recent wave is using spam and phishing emails, many of which are baited as information about the Mekong Integrated Water Resources Project, to compromise machines and steal information that includes the system's language and IP address. It uses keylogging, screenshots, and remote shell access to observe user behavior. It also uses a bogus Dropbox cloud storage service that in fact directs to a Russian IP address. The actors behind the campaign appear interested in refining their target list, probably as battlespace preparation for a more focused spear-phishing campaign. Unit 42 doesn't attribute KH Rat to the Cambodian government. While they do note that the malware has been hosted on a Cambodian government site, that in itself could mean little. After all, ransomware has found its way on occasion onto U.S. government sites. The researchers do think that the group behind the campaign is sophisticated and that it bears watching. As they put it on their blog, quote, we believe this malware, the infrastructure being used, and the TTPs highlight a more sophisticated threat actor group, which we will continue to monitor closely and report on as necessary. Quote. Sometimes rival, sometimes cooperating jihadist groups continue online recruiting and inspiration efforts. U.S. Cyber Command is said to be conducting cyber operations that mirror U.S. kinetic action against ISIS— the intention is to deny the caliphate physical and virtual safe havens. More misconfigured AWS S3 buckets expose information that ought to have remained private. UpGuard found resumes submitted to security firm Tiger Swan exposed by recruiting vendor TalentPen. Cromtech researchers found user information belonging to Time Warner Cable customers exposed by Broadsoft, which developed Time Warner Cable's MyTWC app. It's worth noting that in both cases, the party responsible for the data exposure is a third-party vendor, which again highlights the risks inherent in the data supply chain. A large-scale ransom campaign has hit MongoDB databases. Security researchers call it a continuation or resumption of the MongoDB apocalypse that began last December and continued into early spring. The attackers are searching for exposed, accessible MongoDB databases – wiping their contents and replacing the missing content with a ransom demand. Three criminal groups appear to be active. 26,000 servers have been affected, with one group, presumably the Bigfoot of the criminal trio, responsible for hijacking 22,000 of them. The attacks come at an unfortunate time for MongoDB. Last month, the company quietly filed for an IPO that would take it public before the end of 2017. The expected valuation is thought to be at least $1.6 billion. Other ransomware currently endemic in the wild include Princess Locker, now being distributed via the rig exploit kit, and of course a recently evolved version of Locky, which is particularly spooking enterprises in India. The Indian government has warned users to be on their guard. Finally, in cyber gangland, there are some currently running beefs among those who trade in the black markets. Security firm Zscaler has been watching a newish remote-access Trojan, Cobian Rat, whose developer is offering a free builder that would let other crooks develop custom versions of the malware for their own use. That same developer, Zscaler says, has also included a backdoor to his own command and control infrastructure. Cobian hasn't been much of a hit in markets anyway. Its functionality, particularly a buggy keylogger, isn't really up to criminal snuff. But news of the back door will probably make it a hit on the market. And the DDoS booter service stresser we'll call them gray hats since it's possible to imagine legitimate uses for what they offer, has been hacked by a hacked-off customer who late last Thursday uploaded a bunch of stolen data to Hashbin and Pastebin. His message to Stresser is worth quoting as an example of what poor customer service can draw upon any provider, legitimate or in this case, illegitimate. We bowdlerize the language because of course we're a family show, but connoisseurs of potty mouths can easily infer the original. We quote, True stressor database leaked. Effing scammers, that's what happened when you ban people for no reason and you don't know how to manage your site. What the heck fellows, all PHP files downloaded when I went to that scatological slang. But hey, who cares, here's all the info. So there, be nice to your customers. One side note, it appears that True TrueStressor is renting infrastructure from another DDoS stressor service, DEFCON.pro. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. visit zscaler.com/zerotrustai Our lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program with the largest network of trust centers That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Johannes Ulrich. He's the Dean of Research at the Sands Technology Institute, and he also hosts the ISC Stormcast podcast. Johannes, welcome back. Um, you had uh, an interesting topic today. You wanted to talk
1: about DDoS extortion emails. Yeah, DDoS extortion emails is something that doesn't seem to go away now. About two years ago, we had some very active groups that performed very powerful DDoS attacks against uh, banks and the like. And there are now a lot of copycats here uh, for uh, this particular scheme, but they don't actually have the capability to launch these large DDoS attacks. Instead, what they do is they send an email asking for an unspecified number of Bitcoins, In order to prevent a denial of service attacks, they just hope that the victim will pay up, never realizing that the criminal here doesn't actually have the capability to launch uh, these denial of service attacks. What we have seen in a couple cases is where the criminal actually does launch a very small, short denial of service attack, just usually five minutes or so in order to demonstrate their firepower. Typically, uh, this is really just meant to scare the victim. The denial of service attack is pretty small and not too difficult to defend against. But again, uh, small denial of service attack like this may scare the victim into paying up. So this is a little bit... uh game of nerves here where you just have to sit tight and hope for the best that if you do receive a letter like this that uh, the actual denial of service attack will not happen. Paying up uh, typically is the wrong thing to do here because it does not prevent uh, additional demands that will arrive later once they figure out that you are easily scared into paying up to these demands.
0: And so beyond uh, just sort of uh, hoping that it's not the real thing, what kind of protections can an organization put in place to protect themselves against DDoS attacks?
1: Yeah, given the frequency and big video of these uh, DDoS attacks, you definitely should have your defenses in place. And... uh, Defenses usually mean that you have to sign up for some kind of DDoS prevention service. The problem with real and powerful DDoS attacks is there's really not much that you can do on premise within your own network to defend against it. You need your ISPs, you need outside providers to filter the traffic as far away from your network as possible.
0: So are these folks generally targeting larger businesses or smaller businesses who who might not uh, have the sophistication to, to protect themselves?
1: The fake letters uh, we have seen against all kinds of businesses, they seem to be targeting a little bit the businesses that are likely to be attacked, like financials, now sometimes they also try to hit businesses at very critical points in time, like uh, large uh, traffic days or for example e-commerce businesses around uh, the holiday season Mm -hmm. where you do have uh, a lot of business happening and that of course makes these businesses particularly vulnerable.
0: All right. Johannes Ulrich, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks. Migrate from one IDP to another and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part, you can try it for free today And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmaza's here, your host over at T-minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans too.